Do you want to stop yelling and have your child listen to? Well, I have exciting news for you. If you're hearing this right now, it means that the doors to mindful parenting are open at mindfulparentingcourse.com. This only happens for a limited time, and it may be perfect for you if you want to be that patient, calm parent, but you're afraid of being walked all over, you're losing it, and you want to be that steady, peaceful parent, you don't have a cohesive method, and you take in bad advice like just count to one, two, three. Mindful parenting is an evidence-based system that not only teaches you how to calm your reactivity, but offers you a ton of personal guidance. A lot of other parenting coaches talk about the best way to respond to your child, but guess what? They don't walk you through the research-proven practices that it really takes to create changes that actually last. Mindful parenting teaches you the specific steps to create cooperative, loving relationships for life. In Mindful Parenting, you can learn how to stay calm, even if you find yourself shouting hourly now. Be present for your child no matter what they're going through. Resolve conflicts easily without yelling or taking away the iPad. Set limits without your child resenting you for days afterward. And build trust between you and your child so that you avoid misery in the teen years. The doors are open now at mindfulparentingcourse.com. Unlike other programs in Mindful Parenting, we offer one-on-one coaching to every member and weekly drop-in coaching sessions. Don't wait anymore. You and your kids are worth leveling up. Go to mindfulparentingcourse.com and join now before the doors close again. That's mindfulparentingcourse.com. I'll see you there. Deep breaths. All right. Okay, here we go. Hello, and welcome to the Mindful Mama podcast. Here, it's about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. At Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you are thriving, when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm your host, Hunter Clark Fields, Mindfulness Mama Mentor. I coach overstressed moms on how to cultivate self-awareness in their daily lives and take family and life to a new level of awakening. And I've been practicing yoga and mindfulness for over 20 years, and I'm the creator of Mindful Parenting, and I'm a mom of two girls ages 7 and 10. So we, dear listener, I'm very excited because I have my dear friend Carla Nomberg on with us again today. Carla, do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, but I'm super intimidated by your introduction. It's so <laughs> awesome. God, I don't know. I'm not all mindful mama. I'm like the barely mindful mama. Um, that should be my tagline. Barely mindful barely mama. Mindful okay. Mama. Intermittently mindful mama. Um, I, what am I saying about myself? I am a clinical social worker. I, I currently have a private practice outside of Boston where I provide support, education, and psychotherapy to parents. And I've written two books. One is called Parenting in the Present Moment, How to Stay Focused on What Really Matters. And the other one is Ready, Set, Breathe, Practicing Mindfulness with Your Children for Fewer Meltdowns and a More Peaceful Family. And, um, you know, one day I might write another book if I can ever get the words out of my brain and onto the page. Um, and that would be helpful. Like if my kids stopped having sick days, I could do that. Maybe let's blame it on the kids. Your kids have been sick a lot lately, Carla. No, th- no, this is <laughs> yes for the past approximately eight and a half years. <laughs> I met a woman who was no, and I just want to be clear. 
their sickness is all minor treatable stuff. And I'm constantly feeling grateful that they are knock on wood, healthy children. We have good health insurance. We live in Boston, which is like the hub of amazing medical care. Um, and like minor sickness, like this is a little thing, but yes, I once met a friend of mine was saying how her son never goes to the doctor except for well child visits. And I was like, what? Like that's a thing. <laughs> Same planet, two different worlds. Anyways, we're good. <laughs> Knock on wood, everybody is healthy right now. But universe, I'm not jinxing you. I know that you are just waiting to strike again, so be nice. Oh, no. So what? what is getting you through all these sick days? Because that's a, it's a thing, though. Even if, you know, we have generally healthy kids. Like, and, and you and I work from home, but a lot of people work from out, outside of home and things like that. But, like, you know, the sick days add this sort of level of stress where, like, you are not ready and all of a sudden they're home and you have to adjust your whole schedule. So what is getting you through your sick days with your kids? Well, Hunter, love bug, I don't work from home anymore. I have this oh, yeah, practice. That's right. <laughs> so I'll tell you what gets me through sick days. Um, my husband is a lovely, supportive, totally engaged parent. And fortunately, he has the kind of job where from time to time he can work from home. And he's actually working. Like our kids are now at the age where they can reasonably well entertain themselves while we get work. So, you know, when I have a lot of clients, we now do the juggle, which is what so many families do, which is when a kid is sick, we have that conversation. Okay, when do you have phone calls and how many meetings and can you work from home and can you do this and whose day is more important and whose day is more missable? And it feels yucky, but my husband is, um, he works hard to be as flexible and supportive as he can. Um, and the other thing that gets me through sick days is, um, I don't know. We just do it. Like, it's just one of those things that when you're a parent, you just kind of do what you have to do. And then every once in a while, when they get really bad, I have like a low grade breakdown where I cry and sit on the couch and watch a little bit of like NCIS or reality show <laughs> and take a lot of deep breaths. And then you wake up the next morning, and keep going. But no, we're, we're okay right now. And the, honestly, the other thing that gets me tr- through, and this sounds so ridiculous, not ridiculous, it sounds cheesy, I guess, is gratitude. Because what I find is that like, it's not just the act of being grateful, like I could walk around all day and be, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. And then eventually it gets kind of rote. I find that the reason gratitude is powerful for me is because in order to get into a grateful place, I have to stop, get outside my own worried, frantic, anxious thoughts, like get, get some space from them and be like, okay, what am I going to be grateful for? And Mm. it's that practice of getting perspective. I mean, at the end of the day, I could be grateful for like, I don't know, my car that runs, like, it doesn't matter. Like, mm-hmm. ultimately, it doesn't matter what I'm grateful for. It's the, the, the work of getting outside of my own head and shifting my perspective that gives me a break from the anxiety and stress of sick days. And ultimately, I have much to be grateful for. Like, you know, my kids sicknesses are minor, they recover fairly quickly. We live in a world where there is treatment for asthma and treatment for croup and treatment for strep throat. And we have a lovely pediatric process that takes good care of us. And we have health insurance. Like I have a whole lot to be grateful for in the realm of sick kids. And it is that gratitude that keeps me from getting totally spun out in my own stressed out thoughts. That, that perspective, exactly. So, dear listener, uh, let me tell you also what we are talking about today. We're just kind of like diving. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we should talk about something. <laughs> We're going to talk about something today. 
we're just diving in. Carla and I, I just want to let you know, um, have just come from, and this is kind of what we're going to talk about today. We have just come from a weekend where we spent Friday, Saturday, Sunday together at this lovely place called the Copper Beach Institute in Connecticut. And we led a retreat for a mindful mothering retreat, a mindfulness retreat for mothers together. But we came away from that and we want to talk about retreats and the idea of going on a retreat and what does a retreat um, give you? So we're going to talk about that and um, we're going to also share our parenting wins and our parenting fails um, as we kind of go uh, as we get to sort of after we talk about retreats, boy, mine's so tongue tied today. <laughs> happens, it's, yes, it happens to the best of us. Yeah, I want to talk about like what to expect from a retreat and why you might go on one, and and how to make the most of it. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Yay. let's let's dive in with why why we would go on a retreat. So some people, this is like a thing that we do. I'm one of those people. I'm like, let me go on a retreat and get away from it all. And some people, there, it's just like probably not even on your radar. So, um, so Carla, do you why would you go on a retreat? Why do why should we go on retreats? Well, should we talk first about like what it is exactly what a retreat <laughs> is? Because people might not know what we're talking about. So yeah. a retreat is something that I think is probably, and tell me if I'm right or wrong, Hunter, because you know more about this than I do, that I think it's it's a fairly common thing in the Buddhist and mindfulness world. Yes. Um, and that, you know, that it's something that I think more mainstream, like Christian and Jewish traditions may not do as often, although, you know, there are certainly retreats in both of those traditions. But the idea really is to do this period of um, intensive practice um, and to go somewhere. And it can be for a morning, it can be for a whole day. It can be for a weekend. It can be for six months or three years. Um, I, I, I'm not recommending either of those for our parents. But, um, and the idea is to sort of, it's kind of like doing a boot camp to get in shape, that you're kind of um, stepping outside of, of the, the habits and stressors and sort of typical stuff you're getting caught up in in your daily life and, you know, sort of give yourself a whole new context and space to rejuvenate your practice to learn more about whatever it is you want to practice, um, to get some support, uh, information and to kind of really rest and, and take care of yourself. And so the goal with the retreat ideally is, is that it's not one of those situations where you go away and then you need several more days to recover also known as vacation with children. Um, (laughs) but that really, hopefully you would go away on retreat and come back feeling, um, uh, rested and rejuvenated and inspired to continue with your practice. So, um, and, and, you know, the retreats, I think we're, we're going to focus on more this, this time are weekend long retreats, but I have been on five day retreats since I became a mother. And sometimes even just a morning or like a nine to five is also a really lovely thing to do. Yeah, actually I've been on a, a number of different kind of retreats and I've been on weekend retreats and those are really nice. And I've been on day long retreats where I, the first day long I retreat, I went on in the mindfulness tradition. My husband and I went before we had kids and and like, it was so nice. Like at one point we we're all like, there were like a hundred plus people like lying down in this conference room in Philadelphia. And basically we were all taking a nap because they had taken us through this deep relaxation <laughs> and it was so restful. Actually, I think it was when my daughter was really young and we asked his mom to watch her and we went to this and we were like, oh my God, like it was That's just so such nice. a beautiful letting go. But I've also done retreats 
with my kids and I'll be doing another retreat with my kids. So that's a, a sort of another thing you can do. Um, but the retreat I've done with my daughters, I went with my daughter and did they have a specifically in the tradition of mindfulness that I practice in, which is, um, you know, in the tradition of Thich Nhat Hanh at the, the monasteries, they have a family retreat. And so they have, which is really cool because you take your kid to this like really peaceful place. And these monks and nuns are so, they love kids because they like never are around kids. And maybe, the, you know, maybe they don't, they don't have kids, but of course, because their monks are nuns. But anyway, they, a lot of them really love the kids and they just, they take the kids and they have their own kids program. And so then you and your kids are separated like you're doing your own meditation and mindfulness Mm. and mindful walking and then you eat lunch again with your kids and then you separate again for the afternoon then you eat dinner again and then you separate for the evening and then you go to sleep together and it's very awfully nice spacious and supportive and like you just for me I think what I get out of a retreat is I really like a good retreat really slows me down and yeah. like going back to what you're saying about your kids, like that perspective, like I, I slow down, I get, and I really, oh, this is what it feels like to slow down. This is what it feels like to relax. And it's such a different feeling <laughs> from the rest of my life. And I realize how nice it is. And I think, oh, I want more of this in my life. I just can feel the healing from it. And, totally. it, and it can, and on those family retreats, it really can bring us together in in kind of a neat way. So I don't know, that's kind of a summary of my experience with retreats. But I mean, I don't know, what would you say your experience has been, Carla? So I've done, um, in the more mindfulness tradition, I've only done retreats on my own. Um, My family and I do stuff that's kind of retreaty-like in the Jewish tradition, um, which generally involves uh, going up to a summer camp situation with um, like our synagogue or my girl's school, and then, uh, basically trying to get my kids involved in some activity so I can stand with my friends and drink coffee and be snarky. Um, (laughs) and so, but you know, and in that case, what we're practicing is being together in community and hanging out and getting outside and kind of getting out of our normal retreat, uh, sorry, our normal habits so that we can build relationships and have fun and whatever. But in terms of the mindfulness retreats, um, I've done a few at Kripalu and at Copper Beach Institute. And um, the ones I've done have been primarily focused around either things I was interested in. Like I actually took a retreat. um, I went to a retreat at Kripalu with a woman named Claire Dieter who wrote a memoir called Poser about sort of her early years as a mother. And I think she's got a new book out now. Um, And so it was like, yoga and writing. And she was talking about memoir writing and that was really great. And what I realized is, um, a retreat is as much or as little as you want it to be. Mm -hmm. And so the, the model that I have found at many of these retreat centers is that like you show up and then you get the schedule and some of the things on your schedule are part of the retreat that you signed up for. Like they are the um, instructional and practice periods that are guided by the retreat leader that you wanted to retreat with. So like, you know, I've been to retreats with Sharon Salzberg, who's one of my favorite mindfulness teachers and writers. And so there are chunks of time where she is the person talking or leading the practice. And then there are optional activities you can go to that may include yoga class, additional meditation classes. Um, sometimes there's like walking meditation outside. There's sort of various things you can choose. And, um, for me, I always find the balance is kind of figuring out 
how much I want to do or not do that will really make the retreat as supportive and nourishing as possible. And I, I do, um, go to all the sessions led by, um, the person I'm there to learn from. And then it's really a mix for me about whether or not I go to the additional yoga class or go outside for a walk or whether I go to the additional meditation session or go to my bed and fall asleep. Um, but one of the things I try really hard not to do is fall back into my time-wasting habits that I can fill time with at home so easily, like scrolling through Facebook or, you know, uh, kind of just spacing out online or spacing out into a, a, a book that's perhaps not is like nourishing. Like sometimes I just read crap and it's fun to read crap, but like when I'm on, it doesn't necessarily nourish me. It just distracts me. So when I'm on retreat, I do try to be intentional. Like I have this chunk of time. How can I use it to support the habits that I want to develop and also to take care of myself and de-stress and relax and be more present? Um, and so sometimes I notice that what I really want is to be around other people and to be with my body. And then I'll go to a yoga class and sometimes I'm like, ah, too much sensory input. And then I kind of retreat to my room and, and sleep or meditate or go for a quiet walk outside. I want to tell you about a great podcast that you should check out, especially if you ever deal with any school system, which you probably do. It's called Understood Explains. This season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Ortube, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. And this season of Understood Explains covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP and busts common myths about special education. So I checked out the episode on the difference between IEPs and 504 plans because my daughter Maggie uses a 504 plan and it was really, really helpful. It went over all the differences, which one's better, how to get them, different myths and what your rights are, all kinds of different things that you should understand if your child may need extra help in education through an IEP or a 504 plan. The tone is super helpful, friendly, and smart. I highly recommend you check it out. To listen to Understood Explains, just search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's it. Understood Explains. When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play. And we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips. And I think that's beautiful. I mean, you're saying like, and what you're saying is like, it's, it's a time to be, it's a time to actually like turn off your to do's a time yes. to like get rid of, completely get rid of the to do list, completely get rid of, uh, you know, responsibilities, maybe like washing the dishes and preparing meals and getting people to places and having to do all these different things and be more intuitive about yeah. 
this yep. is what I need right now. This is this is what I'm feeling like. And just really tune into that sense of what am I needing? What, you know, what feels good? What feels healing? What feels nourishing? Um, yeah, no, I totally get you. Like a one, I did a one, one retreat. I did one family retreat and at the family retreat, I took a book. <laughs> I was thinking about your your post with with trashy books because actually I've read a couple and I really enjoyed that post, by the way. But anyway, I took this book on family retreat. And I should it was explain like, that post in a minute. Let's all I, that we, we have we have to divert to that. But anyway, and I took this book on family retreat. It was totally like a complete escapist book. So I don't know if it, you on your post, someone mentioned this whole series, the Outlander series. And I was like reading this Outlander series. And I remember like I was on a sunny hill and people were like quietly doing stuff around me. My girls were playing at the playground and it was this rest time. And I was like reading about this like battle. <laughs> was happening and it was like so completely like it completely was it didn't make any sense that I was reading this thing there so I might I might be a little more intentional about the books I bring this time I think that's a good good idea if it's a book that's that's calming you down and helping you feel more like grounded and centered and happy about the world but if it's like dystopian fiction and oh god we're all gonna (laughs) die in a fiery death in 50 years probably not so helpful yeah um but I, I do think like the reason books are, are a thing for me is I'm, I'm on retreat. I'm trying to think about how can I support my brain and my mind in sort of being in a helpful place? Because the one thing you don't want to do on retreat is um, spend the whole time stressing out. Like, yeah, um, you know, like worrying about what's going on at home, worrying about your kids, worrying about your job, worrying about the mortgage or the rent or whatever. Because, dude, you could do that at home. Like just sit home and do that and save yourself the money in the schluck thing. But, you know, in retreat, you are in this environment where you'll notice that when you go to a retreat space, like they tend to be sparsely decorated and they tend to be in a beautiful outdoor environment and they don't have like piles of Legos and dirty diapers and old wires and bills you haven't paid like laying around. You don't actually find that on retreat, which is great. (laughs) And so they're trying to create a physical space and this period of time when you have a lot of very concrete support in practicing mindfulness. Mm -hmm. And so take advantage of that. And if you know there are triggers for you, if you know on Facebook is going to send you into some spiral about why you're a terrible parent because you didn't make, you know, perfectly frosted cupcakes for your kid's birthday party, then don't go on Facebook. Like give yourself a break from that. Um, And so I do think that it's a balance though, because you want to show up for stuff because there is learning to be done on retreat. And every time I go, I learn something new about myself. I learn something new about how to integrate mindfulness into my life. Um, you know, this is one of the main ways that I try to support my mindfulness practice. I read about mindfulness. I, I listen to podcasts. I make podcasts apparently, you know, I (laughs) like, I, I, but, but it's hard and I need a lot of support and retreat is a fundamental way to get support for your mindfulness practice. I, I would say, I would say as far as like you're mentioning, we're kind of like morphing towards in, into like kind of tips for, for getting things out of it. And I, I would really yes. say like, actually, if you're able to in any way, like completely turning off your phone and leaving it like in your room is a yeah. great idea. Like don't bring your computer if you can, you know, I mean, we, right. you know, as presenters we did and it was a different experience, but like, uh, as a participant, it really does feel good to just actually take 
a retreat, take a detox from the technology because it's such a huge, pervasive part of our lives. Our phones are always with us. We're always checking them. Right. In our house, we do a screen-free Sunday to kind of help us um, detox from that sort of weekly, but it, to, to, you know, imagine what that might feel to, to take a week long break that might feel really, really nice. Um, yeah, actually I've done, um, I've done some artist retreats too. Now that I think about it, I did, I did a month long artist retreat, uh, up in Vermont and I did a two week one and, um, and it is, sometimes it is easier. I have to say thinking about that two week retreat I went on was when my, first daughter was two and a half years old. And then my mom came down to stay with my husband. And like, so there was extra support there, but it was interesting because it was easier. And sometimes it's hard. Like I, when the, the kids are little and stuff to kind of just take a full break, but you have to know yourself, but I'd have to say, at least for me, it was easier when I completely just like focused in on where I was rather than, um, there were a few times like I did FaceTime and then I was like a complete mess. You know, I was just like, I was like, like her little voice on the little Skype. And I was like, I just was like bawling. And I I did, I was of course pregnant then with my next child. So it was like, I was a a mess, but then I got a lot out of it when I was just completely immersed in the experience. And I think that the more you can really practice to just let go and, and trust and then immerse yourself in where you are and what you, you know, the growth and whatever that you're going to take away from this, just even just the rest. I think that's, that's great. Right. And I think figuring out what, what is going to work for you and your family now, and that's going to be different from what's going to work for you. And I'm sorry, from what is going to work for you in another year or two. So if you can't do an extended retreat right now, that's okay. Find a one day retreat. Like, can you do that? Can you do a few hours? Um, and I, I love what you said about sort of just being there because I know that even for my daughters, you know, when we were away this weekend, Hunter, I did call home and I would say to my husband, you know, does it make sense for me to talk to the girls or do you think it'd be too disruptive for them? And I think it was, I mean, I wasn't, we weren't gone away for so long. It was just Friday to Sunday. So I wasn't so upset by it, but you know, on, on Saturday, he, in the morning, he said, you know what, we're in a good flow and I don't really want to disrupt it with a phone call. And so I didn't talk to them. And that was fun. Like, I totally got that. And then by the evening, like they wanted to talk to me and that was good. But the, and the one thing I will say about putting technology away is that I know for many parents, especially on your first retreat, it might feel really hard to be disconnected from your kids. So you don't, you don't have to do that completely, but just be sort of mindful. Cause the whole point is to break the old habit cycles. And so can you turn your phone on? Do not disturb um, but set your family in your favorites list. So their phone calls will come through, or can you just check your phone in the morning and in the evening to make sure, or can you just give your family the phone number for the retreat center? So they don't even have to call your cell phone, but if there's a problem, they can call the retreat center. Um, but finding some way so that you don't feel as compulsive need to pick up and scroll through whatever's happening. Um, and then you're, you're right, Hunter. I mean, as with all mindfulness practice, we are going to get the most out of it when you are there and different retreats call on us to be there differently. And so one thing I want to touch on is the question of silent retreats. Cause I think when a lot of people hear mm. about a meditation <laughs> retreat, they might assume it's a silent retreat. So I'd like to clarify what that means. So in a silent retreat, um, the, the idea is that you're holding something called noble silence. And that means that you aren't talking unless there is some like very specific issue, like 
there's a fire in my room and I need your help putting the fire out. Like, Which, which you would say in that voice too, excuse me, there's because a fire in my room. Oh, when I'm on retreat, I am so much. No, I'm not. I'm freaking out in my head, but no. Um, but you know, there, there is certainly an allowance for, for necessary talking, but the idea is that we're not filling the time and space with chatter. Um, and you will know if it's a silent retreat because you will be signing up for a silent retreat. And if it doesn't say silent retreat, if it says mindful moms retreat, then yeah, there was a whole lot of talking going on for our retreat. And that was great. So I don't want anybody to think that all retreats are silent. Um, Many retreat centers do have a period of silence in the morning during breakfast so that you can really sort of mindfully eat your breakfast and then you sort of resume normal chatter or they will have like, I know Kripalu has like a silent table, a quiet table at every meal. So you can really sit quietly and eat mindfully and not have the person next to you suddenly telling you their life story while you're trying to have dinner. So, um, so, but, but, but please don't think that's a thing you have to do is, is be in silence because that's not true for many retreats. So, I'm now I'm, I'm imagining the listeners like, okay, getting a lot of information about where she's like, you know, I, I just want to come back to why you would do this. Like, why the heck you would do this? And I really think that, um, you know, it, it, <clears throat> I was, it's, it's interesting. Cause I was asking my husband too. I said, Oh, you know, what do you think about just being like, with the kids and having everything for the weekend. He's like, well, it was like no sweat off my back. And if you were coming back feeling better and, you know, more enlightened and peaceful, as I think what he said, then I think it's great. You know, he's, he's really supportive of it. But the, I think one of the reasons to go on our retreat is, is really coming back to what you were saying about that perspective, you know, getting that perspective on where you are as a person, understanding yourself and growing your self-awareness even more. Because, I mean, really, ultimately, it's, you know, the work of parenting is work with ourselves. And the more the more peaceful we are, the more grounded we are, then we, we give that to our children. And we, we give that to all the different parts of our lives. And I, I think these the retreats, having that time to really step back and to pause, to just rest, to sleep, all of those things. It just really, when you come back, I really think it is a ripple effect, like where you then are with your family more fully, you're thriving more, you're, you know, you're really filling your cup so that then you can just show up really fully for your life. Oh, totally. I think, look, I think there's a few different reasons to go on retreat. And then there's one, uh, added benefit or at least like really beneficial side effect that happens for our family. So one reason is exactly what you're talking about, Hunter, that fundamental need of, of mothers everywhere to get space from their children. We all need it. We are better mothers when we get a little space. And so, uh, and also sort of the self-care that happens. It's not like we're taking space and then we're going to work. That's not the kind of space I'm talking about. It's the kind of space where you can really nourish yourself. So the self-care piece um, and the way it does make us more present, patient, connected parents is really important. Uh, the next piece is to to learn something, to learn something from somebody. Like if you go on a retreat with Sharon Salzberg, you're going to, she's got one coming up at Copper Beach. You're going to learn more about loving kindness and that practice and how to do it and how you can benefit from it. Um, and if you go on an artist retreat or a writing retreat or a yoga retreat, you're going to learn something. And so I think that's definitely a benefit. And then just the support in your mindfulness practice, um, you know, through practicing meditation, through learning about meditation, through being around other people and making connections, which isn't something we've talked about yet, but the Mm. awesomeness of the people you meet on retreat. It's so fun. And I have 
you know, there was a retreat I went on in Kripalu years ago, and I'm still connected on Facebook to some of these women. In all honesty, I will probably never see them in person again, which is, it bums me out, but it's, it's okay. But I'm so happy to like have them in my sphere of people in the world that I'm connected to. And they post stuff about mindfulness on Facebook and it makes me happy. So that's another reason. Um, yeah, no, I want to... Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. Feel like you're the martyr in your family? You're not alone. Hey, this is Joanne. And Brie. And we're from the No Guilt Mom podcast. Brie, we talk to a lot of moms. Yeah, we sure do. And if you're a mom who has a to-do list that is so massive that you get overwhelmed and you shut down. Or if you fall into the habit of doing everything for everyone and don't know how to change it, we can help you become a no guilt mom. We're going to take you from family martyr to family model. That's role model so that you role model the behavior that you want to see out of your kids. You're going to go from being tired and overwhelmed to energized and guilt free. Every week, you'll get actionable strategies that you can implement right away from the experts that we interview and from us. We also have a whole lot of fun. So check out the No Guilt Mom podcast everywhere you listen to your favorite shows. Can I jump in on that? Yes. Because I really yes, think please. I forgot about that. And that I think that's something like we go to a retreat and we want to learn something and things like that. But really, it's I think a lot of what we get, you know, we think we come for this sort of knowledge, right, that we're going to get. But really, we get this sense of one of the things that we don't really maybe go for explicitly that we really get is that sense of belonging. Like yes, your connection and a tribe, you're connected, you're in this circle, you're, you belong. And I think that's so, so powerful. And we don't, we don't realize it, you know, we, we don't even factor it in almost. Yeah. And I, I think sometimes the connection is like he's just another human being and we're connecting with them. And sometimes it's like you have this shared interest that brought you to the retreat center. And sometimes it's like, you are both in the same crazy, chaotic mess. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not the only person who needed to go like figure out how to calm my crazy brain down. Cause I'm losing my mind with my kids. And like knowing that there are other people, like we're all struggling. We, every single one of us. And yet it can be so easy to forget that and feel like you're the only person who's having a hard time. And then you feel disconnected and then you're likely to be even harder on yourself. And when you can meet other people who are kind and, and, and we're all sort of just making our way in this world and you find them and you're like, oh, I'm not the only person that makes all of it feel so much easier. And so the people you meet on retreat are a huge part of 
the benefit of retreat. Amen. Amen. And then the, the unexpected side effect for our family is that because of our work schedule and our lives, I am what my husband and I call the default parent you know, and that's, that's going to shift a little bit now that I'm working outside the home more, but in general, I, I, I do drop-offs and pickups. I'm the one taking my daughter to the orthodontist tonight, like blah, blah, blah. Um, and that's, that's fine. That works for us right now. But as my husband pointed out, and this is like, he's such a sweet guy when I'm gone, he gets to be the default parent Mm. and he loves it and he's great at it and the girls love it and they feel more connected to him. And one of the cool things is that He'll shake up our habits a little bit. Like he just does things differently because he's a different person. And often it's really good. So like one time I went away on retreat and we had been really struggling with the morning routine. Even before that, like just get your shoes on, get out the door. We never had enough time. We were always rushing. It was stressful. And while I was gone, my husband figured out that if we had the girls pick out their clothes the night before, that made the morning go so much smoothly, like so much more smoother. And somehow it had never occurred to me and it just wasn't on my radar. And when he became the default parent, he, he clued into that. And that's the thing that was like two or three years ago. And we still do it every night and it makes our morning so much easier. And so, or he'll figure out some food the girls will eat that I didn't clue into, or he just, it's, it's good to shake things up in your house. And sometimes when you shake things up, you realize like, Oh, my partner can't handle this. And then hopefully you can figure out a way to help partner step up and handle because that's good. Um, but I have to say that my husband enjoys the time alone with the girls. Um, and it's, it's really nice for all of us. And that was something I was not anticipating. Yeah. So. Yeah. That, 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 and also, the, and I think that's really true. Like, but I also want to add in there one final benefit of retreats and that is the missing you factor and like coming back home and being like, Oh, oh I'm so happy you're here. And like reuniting, like reuniting is yes. awesome. And and that is a great factor. Like help your kids appreciate you and help your, your spouse or partner appreciate you. I think that's a big factor too. That's a nice one. Or maybe a bonus. <laughs> yeah. Added bonus. And what I would say for folks who want to know, like, how do I get started with this? Um, Google retreat center near where you live, uh, talk to people in your community. If you know folks who are going on retreats, uh, and think about what you're interested in. Would you like to go to a retreat that's part of your religious or spiritual tradition? Would you like to go to a retreat that's more mindfulness based or parenting based, or, um, that is for someone like your demographic women, parents, LGBT, whatever it may be, or, and you know, do you want to go for a retreat? That's a short one to start out with. Do you feel like you want to just jump right in? Um, one of the things I would say to many parents is um, many retreat centers offer some kind of financial aid. So if you yeah. feel like the, the money is the, the insurmountable, uh, don't let that stop you from exploring it because there may be a scholarship available. Yeah. In fact, um, in fact, at Copper Beach, I, I think they said like they don't turn anyone away. They they want to really help people get there. So, you know, you can check that out. I think that most places have it like that. Another way you can, people can jump on my mailing list if they want to go on retreats with me. It's something I'll be doing more, but also I'm doing one, probably not for you if you're not local, because it's the day before Mother's Day. I'm doing a day long mindful Mother's Day retreat here in Delaware um, on May 13th. Um, but also even in, even with this sort of smaller retreat, like we, we have max about 25 people, right. In this retreat, go check out the different places and, and you, or you ask the, um, people who are running it and you may find out like that there are these, these retreats and are scholarships and ways to do it. Yeah. So please don't let the money be 
a hindrance. Go on retreat. Go on retreat. It's awesome. <laughs> Is that like a little cheer? Like a cheerleader? Are you like doing a retreat cheer? I, I, I suddenly pictured you in like a high school cheer thing with like ponytails oh God, and pom-poms. No. Yeah, that's one. That's one. Thank you, monkey mind. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was just my enthusiasm coming out. So I think we have we have given the people the lowdown on retreats. Yeah, I think it, they're good. It's they're a good, good thing to do. It's a good thing to do. Yes. So jumping all the way over to the other spectrum, shall we share like where we mm-hmm. have failed and where we have done well as parents recently? Any thoughts on yeah. that? I, I can jump in if you'd like. Jump in. Let me think. I have to think. Okay. You think. Yeah, you jump. jump. I'll jump. Um, my fail uh, in parenting is with my oldest daughter and she is the, so it's interesting because I was just in the, I was just in the mindful parenting class and we were just talking about this, how kids are resistant to what we say, especially when we give orders. And my, um, my oldest daughter is particularly sensitive (laughs) to any kind of request sounding like an order, sounding like someone else telling her what to do, sounding like Uh, it's not her idea and it's not her, you know, she wants to decide what she wants to do and when she, you know, she's very, um, extremely sensitive to this. (laughs) So my parenting fail is just like, not recognizing this. And I think, I think I was just tired and I was like asking her to go to bed and asking her to put her backpack away and, and, um, forgetting, you know, uh, not realizing that I had kind of slipped into the, where the zone where she has a problem with it, you know, like, which, cause requests are totally fine if everybody's in a totally fine place. But if your child is in a like sensitive, uh, you're, giving me too many requests, AKA nagging me too much place, then it's not okay. And I need to be more skillful and practice my, my iMessages and things. And, and I really kind of just like failed at that the other night. And I, I just sort of threw up my hands and was like, fine, I'm going to bed. And I just like went upstairs, left her downstairs and went upstairs and brushed my teeth and went to bed early. <laughs> I, uh, look, I think that's tricky. And I'm not ready to chalk that up to a total parenting fail because I, look, my daughters get that way too. And they totally get it from me because I do not want anybody telling me what to do ever in my entire life, which is like not so helpful for me. But <laughs> like on the one hand, I get it. But on the other hand, it's like, well, if you're not freaking doing it, then I need to remind you, but you don't want me to remind you, but then you're not doing it. And so I do agree right. with you. Like there are more and less skillful <laughs> ways to do things, but my daughters will say like, mommy, you're nagging us. And I'll say, yeah, I am. And I don't want to nag you, but this stuff needs to get done and I can't do it all myself. And so I'm not sure, like, I don't know if you had like locked her in the closet, (laughs) maybe that would have been the parenting fail here, but I don't, I don't think this is the worst parenting fail. So good, but it feels bad. I get that. It does feel bad. No, no, it wasn't, it wasn't the worst thing, but it was like, yeah, that was just kind of, that was where things weren't working coming up. But no, I I feel like if I were rating myself, but uh, we practice non-judgment. So no judgment. That's right. That's right. (laughs) But if you lock her in the closet, I might judge you with that. I might. I haven't decided. I might judge it to be very skillful parenting. I don't know. <laughs> well, we'll 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 stay tuned for the locking of oh, the God. closet episode. Listen, please do not tell somebody <laughs> that the social worker on Hunter's podcast told you to lock your closet. Please don't do that. Oh God, I'm about to get sued. Okay, it's fine. It's all gonna be fine. Breathe, have a little time. Um. Okay, let's have a win. Go. Let's hear your win. Oh gosh. Okay. Let me see. 
I don't know. Um, my win, and I, I think this is kind of a, this is a, a win I think I'm uh, pretty good at, like on a regular basis, is like my, one of my favorite parts of my day is I walk up to the bus stop and get the girls from the bus. And when I see the girls, I say to them, the thing I say to them that I feel really good about is just, I'm so glad to see you. Oh, <laughs> I that say, makes me happy. I'm so glad to see you. Like, and I just want to just be really plain about that. Like, I'm really happy to see you. I'm I'm really glad you're here. You know, not like, hi, how are you? You know, just like, just I'm glad to see you, and that's all there is to it. And I feel like that's that's a win for me on a you know on a really regular basis. That I just. I just tell them I'm happy to see them. And I, I think that's all they, you know, I don't pepper them with questions right away. I don't, you know, whatever, but we connect and I say, I'm glad to see them. That's, that's my a win. total parenting win. That is a win. All right. So here's my fail and win. And look, my fail is a decidedly, I don't like this phrase, but I don't have a better one. So I'm going to say it. It's a first world problem fail, but whatever it is. So I, I did not do a good job of considering my schedule when I was booking my speaking gigs this spring. And somehow I managed to basically book all of them between last Wednesday. So today we're, we're recording this on a Wednesday. So I booked basically all of them between last Wednesday and, um, yesterday. So I had a thing on Thursday and then we were gone all weekend. So I had a thing last Tuesday, last Thursday, we're gone all weekend. And then I had gigs, uh, last night and the night before. And so I am, I'm done. I'm toast. I'm exhausted. Um, and I have had essentially nothing for my daughters. Um, and so, you know, basically every, and I haven't been sleeping well, which is, we should do a thing on sleep. Let's, let's remember to do podcasts on sleep. Um, I, I have been just, um, exhausted. And so the way I've been coping with this, which isn't the worst, but basically every time we're together, I'll, I've been saying to them, guys, mommy's really tired. I don't have a lot of energy for conversation or a lot of extra talk. And I really need you guys to be my helpers. And like, I think that's actually skillful parenting, like to say that, to be transparent about what I'm feeling and tell my kids, the problem is when you do it to your kids, basically every night for a week straight, (laughs) it doesn't, it doesn't feel good. And the reason I say that this is Hmm. like a first world parenting problem is I recognize there are many mothers that that is their reality every single day. Mm -hmm. And so I just want to say to you, moms, like, good job for hanging in there. This is not easy. And I, I'm fried between like working all day and giving these talks at night that in between when I see the girls, I, we've been doing a lot more TV than I like. Um, and I essentially have nothing for them, Mm. um, which Mm. feels bad, but I don't have any more speaking gigs for a while. So I'm, I'm ready to like get in my groove again. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sleep's big. The win is so yesterday, my younger daughter, Um, I think she pulled one over on me, although I'm not sure, but she woke up in the morning and was a mess and was crying and was like, I don't want to go to school. And she loves school. So this was weird, but she didn't have a fever. She had like zero symptoms. And I was like, "Ah, ah, ah, I don't know what to do. I have a kid. Like I have a job. I have this client. What I, I, I really didn't know how to handle it. I didn't want to cancel my client, but I really felt like she was not well. And so I, I gave her the litmus test. I said, look, Rose, you can stay home today, but there's no screens. Uh, that's because the test that we do too. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it really is a ploy um, to stay home and watch a movie or something. And look, when my kids are legit sick, I totally let them veg out. Oh yeah, I do like yeah. screen time. But when they're like on the edge, like often they will say, "No, that's okay. I want to go to school." Well, she called my bluff yesterday, and she stayed home, and I was like, "Oh." 
now I can't look at any screens. <laughs> and we made it through the day. And I got some work done and there wasn't a lot of conflict. And there were a few times when she was having a hard time figuring out what to do with herself because she wasn't so sick that she wanted to lay around on the couch. And so I helped her come up with ideas. And basically she spent the whole day, oh God, staring at the most body modifications page in the Guinness Book of World Records. <laughs> So she was like staring at these pictures of people who have tattooed their entire body and they have like, pier- like one guy had like over a hundred piercings just around his lips, all around the ears. Some of these people have like made like these skin, th- I don't know what they do. They give themselves horns like under their skin oh and their forehead, oh my God. like re and like big giant holes in their ears. And, all right. Like- no more description. I know not to be too. And we, we talked a lot about body modification, who does this, why do they do it? And I'm not, honestly, I'm not sure this was better content for her to be consuming than like Dora the Explorer or something. But, um, I, I kept her off the screens. So I, I'm going to say that having my kid home with me all day, being able to get work done and keeping her off a screen with a minimal amount of content, um, was a a win. win. Although now she's like, kind of obsessed with tattoos and piercings so i'm not sure that went where i wanted it to go you may regret this years from now can't we look at the picture of the world's tiniest kitten and she's like no go back to the tattoo page and i was like oh my gosh what am i doing so i am gonna call that a win though okay all right Um, cool well well folks thank you thank you so much (laughs) on that beautiful note for listening um if you are listening to this in real time meaning that it is um, April in 2017, you can go to hunteryoga.com slash Mother's Day for that retreat, if that's what you're interested in, or check out other events there on the events page. And you can find Carla at carlanomberg.com. And we want to just thank you so much for listening. Yep. And um, if you have questions, of course, email me at hunter at hunteryoga.com. You can find show notes at mindfulmamapodcast.com. And thank you to William Fields for the music. If you want to be so kind, dear listener, to give us a review on iTunes, we will sing your praises. And um, and we wish you a beautiful week. Namaste. Stay mindful, everyone. Stay intermittently mindful. You can do it. Good you can job. do it. Yay. <laughs> okay. Well, hey there, Busy Mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wannabe Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it but I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free.